Well, good morning, uh, everyone. It's so good to see uh, to see you. Uh, welcome on. Uh, if you're watching uh, along on Zoom, it's great to uh, it's great to have you with us. And uh, welcome to uh, to all of us here in the in the sanctuary. There's a good number of people here today, which is great to see. It's uh, good to see some uh, familiar faces uh, back in church. Um, we've missed you, and uh, it's lovely to to see you again. And uh, yeah, great to be back together as a, as a church family. Um, before we uh, move on, I'm going to uh, hand over to Mark, who wants to uh, just uh, give a notice about uh, fundraising. Uh, so uh, I'll hand on to Mark. Very unprepared. No, not really. Um, so hopefully most of you know that we have a project ongoing to refresh and refurbish the lounge and foyer areas of the church um, so that we can make better use of them with community cafes and things. Um, we've applied or we're in the process of applying to Your Fund Surrey, um, which is a Surrey community project. They have a hundred million pounds to give out over the next five years. Um, and we've applied for some of it. Not very much of it, to be fair. Um, but part of the funding process is a website called Your Fund Surrey. Um, and we need to get as many people as possible to agree our idea on that website because they take hold quite a lot of sway about the community's involvement in the project. So what I'm asking you to do, it's in the weekly sheet as well. It's on Facebook, it'll be on our website. Um, but if you haven't signed up, and I know a lot of people have already, but if you haven't signed up yet, you can go to yourfundsurreymap.commonplace.is. Next one, Jess. Um, and it will take you to this map. Now, what you then have to do is zoom in and find Heathervale, and there's a little pin that says Heathervale uh, on the, there we go. And then when you click on that, it gives you a synopsis, a very brief synopsis of the project. You scroll down to the bottom of the right-hand side, and you have a number of options. One says agree, and there's a thumbs up with an agree. You click on either of those buttons, it asks you to confirm your email address, just to make sure you're genuine. Um, and then you agree that, uh, that project. Um, and what your fund Surrey do is have a look at how many people have agreed it. They have a look at our Facebook page to see how many likes we've got and all of that sort of thing. Um, so here's a very brief synopsis of what you can do. You can either go to your fund Surrey, um, as, as I said, and drill down on the map. But if you really want to, you can put all of these numbers and letters in and it will take you straight to our project. And then you just uh, either click on the thumbs up or the agree button, uh, fill out your uh, email address and uh, then it'll send you an email that you just click confirm. But it's really, really important that we get as many people as possible to agree and to, to like our, our project. Um, so if you've got a Facebook page or a Twitter account, share the details on that, get as many people in the community to, to agree this. It gives, as I say, it gives a synopsis of the project on, on the map, 
but we really want to get as many people as possible um, to accept and, and agree our idea. So, um, yeah, if you need any further information, drop me an email or give me a call uh, and I can send you links and things like that. It's very easy. Um, also, I think I put in the, in the weekly sheet, if you're a couple and you've got individual email addresses, both of you can do it. It's not just one. So we want to get as many people as, as possible doing it. Okay? Thank you. Let's, uh, let's come before the Lord. I've got some, uh, just to lead into our first song, um, some words from Psalm 103, uh, verse 19. David in the Psalm says this, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Uh, we're going to do that now as we, uh, as we come and uh, sing. And uh, just, just a reminder that when, when you're sitting, um, you don't need to wear a mask um, normally, but just, just, while we're, just while we're singing, we, we just ask that uh, you wear a mask while, whilst we're singing. So let's stand to, to sing.
Oh 
voices in praise and adoration just as the spirit leads you just lift up lift up your voices just lift up your voices yes lord jesus speak out a prayer of praise uh paul is on the the microphone just uh just lift your hand raise your hand and paul will come and bring the microphone to you and if you're on zoom please do unmute and just lead us in prayers of praise and adoration and thanksgiving just raise your hand in here if you want to bring a prayer so that those on zoom can hear David the psalmist said, you, God, are my God. Mm. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you mm. in the dry and parched land yeah. where there's no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and I behold your power and your glory because your love is better than life. Mm. My lips glory will glorify you. I will praise you all the days of my life. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be satisfied with you, with the riches of your food. With my, lip, my singing, the lips of my mouth, I will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help. I sing in the shadows of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Praise you. Mm. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, um, it came to me the key things on the larger global events at the moment is passion and compassion. And I thank you for making this known. Through a doctor who was given compassion, we later become a doctor that come to our shores as uh, one of these people 
who had to escape his country and, and later, because of the compassion, became a doctor and was able, you know, to, to if you like, repay this compassion. I praise you that this kind of thing can happen. Let there please be more of it. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that you are high and lifted up. Mm. We thank you that Jesus is high and lifted up. Yeah. We just thank you, Lord, that you beat death. Yes. <laughs> and Father, Amen. we just thank you that you raised Jesus from death Amen. to life, to the life that gives us life. Thank you. And Father, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you for all that you are. Oh, we couldn't begin to really um, to, to say just what you are. You mm. mean so much to to me. You mean so much to each one of us. And Father, I, I just just thank you so much. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord reigns. Mm. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty Amen. and is armed with strength. Thank you. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we just thank you for your love. Yeah. We thank you for such love that was shown to us on the cross. Yeah. Jesus, we thank you. Amen. 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 Words from James. Who is wise and understanding amongst you? By his good life, let him show his works in meekness of wisdom. But if you have jealousy and selfish ambition, do not boast and be false to the truth. That wisdom is not such as comes down from above, but is earthly and unspiritual. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits without insincerity. The harvest of righteousness is sown when peace by those who make peace. Amen. Amen. As we prepare to come around the Lord's table, and today you will be served. Isn't that, isn't that good? <laughs> Uh, you'll be served today uh, the, the bread and the, and the juice um, where we celebrate the, the gifts of uh, Jesus' body represented by the bread and the blood of Jesus, which represents um, represented by the wine. And uh, so we invite all who love and serve Jesus to take part. If you feel for any reason that uh, you don't want to take the bread and wine, please don't in any way awkward or embarrassed just let the bread and wine pass you by but do reflect on what these symbols represent that Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice for you that you might have life and forgiveness through his death and resurrection let's uh, stand together and sing there is a redeemer Jesus God's own son
be seated. Um, can I invite the servers to uh, come forward and take up their seats on the front row? Let's just come before God as we prepare for uh, this sacred meal where we, we don't only remember the, the death of Jesus and his resurrection as a past event, but this table reminds us that there is a banquet in heaven when the bride of Christ, the church, that's us, when Christ returns, we will sit down to eat a banquet in eternity with Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So this meal points forward to that heavenly banquet. But also, as we take bread and wine... The Holy Spirit is here, and the Holy Spirit comes to strengthen us, and he gives us grace, he gives us mercy, he gives us help, he comes with healing. And as we come near to God through these elements, he draws near to us. There's a very important passage in James 4 that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. To draw near to God, we need to come to confess our sins and to receive forgiveness. So we do that now. Jesus, thank you that you bid us come. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus, we come with the burden of our sin. Lord, we acknowledge before you that we have not loved you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And Father, we want to say to you as well that we haven't loved our neighbor as ourselves. We have not kept your law perfectly as Christ kept it perfectly. Lord, we've fallen short of your holiness. And thank you, Jesus, that you didn't leave us in this position of isolation and separation from the Father, but you gave up your place of majesty to come into this world in human flesh, to live a perfect life and to die the death that we deserve that our sins deserved. But thank you, Jesus, that rather than us getting the punishment for our sin that is deserved, death, you took that punishment for us in our place. You died the death that we deserved so that we can have the life that you deserve. Jesus, thank you. We receive the promise of your forgiveness as we confess our sins. Thank you, Jesus, that through your blood, through your sacrifice, represented by this simple bread and wine, we can have forgiveness. We can have life in all its fullness. We are inheritors of the kingdom of heaven for eternity. Oh Lord, our hearts are bursting with joy and with thanksgiving. <laughs> We're so grateful, Lord, for your lavish and abundant grace that you chose us before the foundation of the world, to be holy and blameless in your sight. You predestined us as to be adopted as sons into your family. 
You've lavished your grace on us. Lord, you've sealed us with your spirit for eternity. You've guaranteed us through your spirit that we will inherit eternity with Christ. <laughs> Lord, our hearts are overflowing with thanksgiving and joy. For all that you've done, Jesus, we worship you. We thank you. Help us, Holy Spirit, to receive these gifts of bread and wine and to be strengthened by them now, to be encouraged. Lord, if there, if there are any among us who need healing, come with your healing power, even as we receive bread and wine. If there are any that need assurance of forgiveness, strengthening, overcoming of doubts and fears, come, Holy Spirit, bring healing. And we ask all this through Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And so, as Jesus took bread and broke it, he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. So we take and eat the bread as we receive it. King of ages, all glory to the King of kings. His name is love, his name is Jesus, enthroned above in majesty into this world. You came to save us. You bore the cross, you took my sin, you shone your light into my darkness, unveiled the truth, this mystery, you are my God, you are my Savior, you are the same way after supper, Jesus took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As a sign of our unity, 
in the family of Christ, we will hold on to our cups and all drink together. thanksgiving that Christ's blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. you're on Zoom, please unmute to share in prayer if you want to. But if you're in here again, we just ask that you'd raise your hand if you want to pray. Um, as we are gathered around the table, just raise your hand and Paul will come with the microphone. Father Lord, we thank you so much for the blood of Jesus. Yes. We thank you for the body of Jesus Christ. Yes. He died that we may live. Thank you. He became poor that we may be rich through his thank poverty. You. Yes. He laid his life down that we may not die, but we will live in eternity with Christ and the angels in heaven. Thank you because this blood was made and shared on the cross. Yes. For the redemption of sin. Thank you. Thank you because this blood was made and shed on the cross for those who are weak, yes. those who are sick. Thank you. The Bible says, by his stripes we were made whole. Thank you, Lord. By the blood of Jesus we were saved from every infirmity and diseases. So therefore, Lord Jesus, we've come before your throne of thanksgiving this morning. Mm. We say, Hallowed be unto your name. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your life for us. Thank you. Thank you so much for those 
who are in places like Haiti, yeah. Afghanistan, yeah. where there is war, yeah. and Christians are there calling on you, Lord, yes. by your blood today that we have taken. Let the blood go and shield it. Mm. The Bible says that you came with your blood, even in the land of Egypt, when these Egyptians were dying, the blood of Jesus on the door of the Israelites mm. kept them alive. Mm. Yeah. Father, mark your blood on the doors of every Christian in all these troubled countries, yes. that they may live and not die in Amen. the name of Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we know you are the great healer. You made us in your image, and you know our workings. Consider then those at Heathervale who would benefit from your touch, like Peter Redmond, Joan Presnell, Bill Eldridge, Janet Mills, yeah. Celia Jaffries, Ron Hose, and many others. Mm. Some things, Lord, only you can do. Yeah. Bless your name. Amen. 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 Father God, we just thank you that nothing can separate us from your love. Yes, Lord. And Father, we think this morning of those families that are hurting down in Plymouth. Yes. Oh, Father, draw close to those who've been bereaved, mm. to those who are suffering, yeah. and also to the family of, of the perpetrator. Yes, Lord. Father, we feel helpless in situations like this, and we just pray that Christians would come alongside yes, Lord. and that those families would know your love. Amen. And they too would know that nothing can separate them from that. Yeah. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Father God, as I, as I look at the communion table, as I look at the cross in front of us, I'm reminded of Jesus' words on the cross. Mm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. And the reason is, you were forsaken for a short time so that we would never be forsaken. Thank you. You came, you gave your life, you rose again so that we would never be forsaken Thank in you, whatever circumstance we find ourselves. You are always there with us through your Holy Spirit. He is with us. Thank you. All times. Thank you, Lord. And we just bless your name. We thank you. We can't imagine the love that you have for us, but we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I'd like to bring before you those that are walking on the way uh, across this land. Father, we thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for what you provided uh, in, every, in every way, their accommodation, yeah. their food, their clothing. And Father, thank you that you've given them the word of life. And Father, mm. we pray that you'll give them boldness to speak, bold for yes. you, yes. to support and encourage the rural churches which are really struggling in this land. So, Father, we pray for an outpouring of spirit upon those who are going to be praying, those who are going to be walking, in the local church and the local clergy, that they may be refreshed and restored in your name. Yes. So bring about your glory, we pray, across this land. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Take a, a 
couple of moments of silence uh, on Zoom and in here, just to, we, we will all have our, our, our own prayers for ourselves and for others. Let's just bring those prayers in the quietness of our own hearts before Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for feeding us with living bread and with your blood. Thank you for your means of grace, Lord. And we, as we come around your word now, Lord, we ask, us, we ask that you would feed us with your living word. Lord, feed us with the bread of life from your word, that we might be encouraged, inspired, and sent out with fresh power through your spirit to serve you and to make you known, Jesus. For in your name we ask it. Amen. Amen. So the... Uh, I'll go back onto this one, Tony. Thank you. So the reading is uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 to 23. We're continuing um, our series on looking at the Holy Spirit in the life of the church, and we're looking at uh, the letter of Ephesians um, and the teaching of Paul in the letter of Ephesians. And we come today to the first of Paul's um, prayers. He's been telling them in the first 14 verses all about the blessings they have in Christ. And then he pauses to say, Right, now I'm going to pray that you really know these blessings. You don't just know about them as facts, but that you know these blessings in your heart. So we pick it up in verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. Wow, what a, what a reading. The, uh, the Christian life is a spiritual uh, battle, isn't it? Um, most of it is played out in our minds, uh, the battle of the mind. 
There are evil spiritual forces and powers who seek to get Christians to become discouraged, to feel that God no longer loves us or that God has abandoned us or to tempt trip us and tempt us into sin. If you are breathing oxygen as a Christian and as a human being, you will experience this spiritual battle. So if you are breathing oxygen, you will experience some of this today. Um, for example, let me give you an, a, an example. We can feel sometimes overwhelmed. Um, the wheels come off from time to time, don't they? We, we feel overwhelmed with life circumstances. Um, many people have felt overwhelmed in lockdown and uh, mental health issues have been a real, a real issue. Some people are still struggling to regain confidence after lockdown, aren't they? We are now encouraging people to come to church. So please, 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 please do encourage people to come back into church. This is, this is the place where we need to be, isn't it? Um, Zoom's great, and we thank God for Zoom, but being with God's people, there's something very, very special about the presence and power of the Spirit when we gather like this in person. And... What, the, uh, what Satan loves to do is to whisper in our ear. Have you noticed that? Um, when things go wrong and we feel overwhelmed with fear or anxiety or things just seem to be going wrong, that's, that voice whispers in our head, has God forgotten you? Are you sure you're still a Christian? Are you sure there are not things you've done wrong that you should feel guilty for? Has God abandoned you? Now, here's a bit of discernment for you. If you, get, if you get a general sense of condemnation and dread, 99% of the time, that is not the Holy Spirit. That is Satan whispering in your ear that you're not worthy and that God has abandoned you. So a general sense of condemnation and failure and guilt and all the rest of it, that's not God. You see, the Holy Spirit pinpoints very specifically things that we need to confess. He's very specific. So if there are things that um, we need to say sorry for, the Holy Spirit will come and he'll show us those things and he'll do that gently. And he will reassure us that we've been forgiven, that we belong to God, and that God loves us. So if you get a general sense of discouragement and despondency and condemnation, that is not the Holy Spirit. So be released from that this morning. Take up your authority in Christ and tell that power to go and take a run and jump in Jesus' name. You see, Satan loves to exploit difficulties in our lives, doesn't he? This is the thing that Satan loves to do. He loves to come in when things are really tough going. He loves to say, God's forgotten you. God no longer loves you. Or you must have done something wrong for this to happen to you. Or you're not worthy of this ministry that God's given to you. You're failing him. Anybody? Yeah, we've, we all get there, don't we? Here's the good news. God never abandons us. He never leaves us as orphans, but he gives us his Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's lovely, isn't it? 
The Holy Spirit is the one who lives in us, who reminds us of everything Jesus has said. So when the suffering and the trouble and the anxiety and the fear and the condemnation and the guilt throw in, we can say, Holy Spirit, would you bring to mind some promises of God that will get rid of this feeling that I have? And he always honors that. Always. He will remind you that God loves you. He'll remind you that nothing can separate you from the love of God. He'll remind you that the one, the Holy Spirit who is in you, is greater than the one who is in the world, Satan. 1 John 4 verse 4. It's a great verse, isn't it? The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You have the power of God in you if you're a Christian through the Holy Spirit. Use that power. It's been given to you. When, Tate, when Satan tempts us to despair, feel a failure or feel condemned, Paul prays in Ephesians 1 that the Holy Spirit would give the Ephesian Christians the power to know God better and to overcome spiritual opposition in their faith. This is why he prays for power for the Ephesian Christians, because there's a spiritual battle going on in, in Ephesus. And there's a spiritual battle going on in every one of our hearts and minds, right? As Christians and in our world that opposes Christianity. You see, the theme of power was particularly important in Ephesus. If you know anything about Ephesus, you know that Ephesus was a hotbed of competing power claims. There were all sorts of um, goddesses, Roman goddesses. There was a huge temple of Artemis, right slap bang in the middle of the city. And uh, R Roman emperors and gods were worshipped, gods and goddesses. And it was also a hotbed of the occult. When Paul preached in Acts chapter 19, a whole load of people who'd been using magic uh, spells and sorcerers burned their scrolls in the city square as a result of his preaching. They repented of their occult activity and they burned all the scrolls containing all the magic spells. It was that kind of place. It was a hotbed of spiritual power. And people saw the Roman gods and goddesses as the most powerful beings because behind them was the might of the Roman Empire. And Paul's, Paul's writing letters to little churches in and around Ephesus that must have looked at all this pomp and power and the occult and Roman gods and goddesses in Ephesus and thought, blimey. You know, they must have wondered if Christ was who he said he was, mustn't they? When we look at our culture, we sometimes wonder, is Christ still reigning at the right hand of God? Is he still on the throne? Are we still on the winning side when we see the church retreating in our land? I have to say, if you look at the, the global picture, the church in the global south is growing at a phenomenal rate particularly among Pentecostal groupings. So don't be discouraged too much about the Western church, although we should be looking to be more effective in mission than we are currently. One of the things I'm reflecting on at the moment is the fact that why has God allowed lockdown? Why has God pressed the pause button on all our activity and busyness as, as churches in this nation? I think because he wants us to look and ask the tough question, why are we not as effective as we should be in mission? Right? 
So we've got some challenges going forward as a Baptist denomination. I can tell you. If we're going to be here in another generation, we're going to have to do some radical things as churches. We're going to have to engage with our community in ways, new ways, which is partly why I'm going back to college, quite frankly. Because I want to see the church of Jesus thrive and grow, right? Not... I don't want to hear any more statistics about the church, you know, that, that only 5% of the population and going down is now attending church in the UK. That's horrendous. I don't want to keep hearing this stuff. I want to do something about it. And I want to get re-educated. And I want to engage more effectively as a church, as a leader. I want to see the Holy Spirit come in power and transform us. I want to see us more strategically engaging this community and winning souls for Christ. Are you with me? I don't believe Jesus would have us just be apathetic and happy with where we're at. Anyway, that wasn't in my notes. I better get back on track because I'll be in trouble for Sunday lunches. So Paul wants the Ephesian Christians to know, and he wants us to know this morning, you're on the winning side. Use that knowledge to have confidence. Don't retreat. Don't become apathetic. Don't roll over and just accept the situation. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. You share in his victory. The power that raised Jesus from the dead and has caused him to ascend back to heaven and sit in victory at the right hand of God, works and lives in you. Do we believe that this morning? So we shouldn't be on the back foot as Christians. We should be on the front foot. We should be knowing that we have identity and authority and power and victory in Christ to take this mission out into the world, right? I'm I'm pretty fired up for all this at the moment, in case you hadn't noticed but it's just Paul's letter just seems to sort of wind me up. Paul wants you and I to know the power of the Spirit, um, to enjoy the victory of Christ and walk in that power, right? Know God. So his first prayer is for us to know God. Verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You might say, well, I know him. I'm a Christian. No, Paul says we're to know him better. Right? You don't just get, you don't become a Christian and get baptized and that's the end of the road. It's just a start. We are called to know Christ more and more and more, to go deeper in our relationship, to be hungrier and hungrier for more of the spirit, right? How do we know more of God. Well, we know God through Jesus. Have you come yet to know God through Jesus? Have you come to the cross, the empty cross, and knelt before Jesus and said, you died and paid for my sin? Please forgive me. I want to know God. Have you come and prayed that prayer yet? If you haven't, pray it with somebody today. Why wait? Know that you're saved. Know that you know God. (laughs) But for all of us, The Holy Spirit in us makes Jesus real to us, right? Jesus has revealed the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? Now you say, well, we haven't seen Jesus direct, unless you've had a vision of him. 
You're not like the apostles, the disciples who've seen him and walked with him and talked with him and joked with him and ate with him. But you see him in the pages of scripture. You say, well, that's just a, a history book. No, it's not. It's a love letter from God. As you read the Bible and you ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes, you are encountering Christ in those pages. Do you believe that? Good. On a voyage to uh, America, the great British preacher, George Whitfield, and here's a famous picture of him, had a, a, a remarkable visitation of God's spirit. He wrote this. I have experienced some blessed teachings of the Holy Spirit. I have been more enlightened to see the mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh, and behold more of God's goodness. I would not have lost this voyage for a thousand worlds. It has been sweet and profitable to my soul. Lord, I want to know myself and you. Oh, let the hurry, let not the hurry of busyness, which awaits me on the shore, prevent me from hearing the still small voice of your Holy Spirit. Isn't that lovely? Oh, let not the busyness of life cause us not to hear the still small voice of the Spirit. Where do you hear the still small voice? You hear him as you read scripture each day and meditate on scripture, but you hear the still voice of the Spirit directly through the Spirit too. Just those little encouragements, the little reminders of, of scriptures, those little prompts to phone somebody or visit somebody, those little, those pictures that God gives us, those prophetic words that God gives us, right? The Holy Spirit speaks primarily through scripture, but he also speaks directly to us. Are we listening? Are we still enough, calm enough in our souls to hear that still small voice? Second thing Paul prays for is know what you have in God, verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope in which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now you might say, well, hasn't he already taught them everything they know? You know, he's taught them in verses three to 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's already taught them all this. He said that they've been chosen before the foundation of the world by the Father. They've been predestined to be adopted as sons, right? They've been forgiven, that God has lavished grace upon grace on them, that they've been forgiven, redeemed, set free, that they are children of God, that they've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee of their eternal inheritance in heaven. Hasn't he already made this all known to them? Yes, but he wants them to know it in their experience. There's a difference between memorizing scripture and knowing that scripture and applying that scripture when you need it, right? So when you are doubting and fearful and struggling, when you are feeling overwhelmed, God wants the Holy Spirit in you to remind you that you have been loved and chosen before the foundation of the world, right? But God has not abandoned you. He chose you to be for his praise and glory. He's lavished all his grace on you with all wisdom and understanding in Christ. He's blessed you with an eternal inheritance in Christ. He wants you to know that all this is yours. There's a trust fund written out in your name, and it's an eternal one. That's good news, isn't it? And the even better news is you can start drawing down that trust fund today. When we pray for people to be healed, when we pray for people to be saved, when we ask, Holy Spirit, fill me with joy, and he comes in power, do you know what? You're drawing down on that trust fund today, aren't you? 
you're receiving the blessings today. What a blessing when I saw you walking in this church today, all of you. My heart leapt to see real flesh and blood people. Isn't it wonderful? No, seriously, some of you have been two-dimensional to me for 18 months. Oh, thank God for fellowship, the community of the church. What a wonderful gift of grace. You know, Paul doesn't want us just to know about the blessings. He wants us to experience the blessings, right? And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He makes the blessings real to us in our lives. Let me illustrate. I run this past Sarah, so I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> you have to ask, don't you? It's polite. How do I know my wife loves me? Well, there's a, in that filing cabinet in there, this is, this is as sentimental as I get, by the way. I, I'm not the most romantic soul, but I'm doing my best, all right? Bear with me. In that filing cabinet is there is a, is a marriage certificate that says that we were married nearly 23 years ago, I'm told. So we're planning for our 25th. Um, you've got to get in early these days because places are getting booked, by the way. I'm just, just <laughs> seriously. Um, now I could say, well, there's a marriage certificate in there, 23 years old. We must have loved each other then, right? So we, we must love each other now. You'd say that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It's not just about words on a certificate. I know that Sarah loves me because she tolerates all my idiosyncrasies. She puts up with me, right? Puts up with my snoring. That's probably one of my least offensive traits, but anyway, we'll, we'll keep it safe this morning, all right? She puts up with, she's kind and patient with me. She cooks me um, sticky toffee pudding and Bakewell tart. That's how I know she loves me, right? <laughs> how do we know God loves us? Well, there's an empty cross, an empty tomb. But more than that, the Holy Spirit makes him real to us. The Holy Spirit sets our hearts on fire to experience God's love, right? Okay, we're getting there. Third thing, know the power of God. Know it. You see, knowing in Scripture is not just knowing with your head, a set of facts, it's knowing in your heart. It's knowing that you know, you know, right? <laughs> it's the experience of the power of God in your life. Know, so Paul prays that they would know the incomparably great power for us who believe, verse 19. It's, this is the amazing bit. This, these verses just blow me away. The power that raised Jesus from the dead of the Holy Spirit the power that caused him to defeat all death and sin and the evil powers, the power that placed him on the throne at the right hand of God, is the same power that's at work in you and me. Wow. Hallelujah. Do we believe this stuff? Because that's what it says in the word, right? If only we knew what power and riches are available to us. Don't you think we pray with greater faith and expectancy? Um. I love the uh, Baptist missioner, Carey. He said, expect great things for God, attempt great things for God. Wow, what a statement. Because he knew the power of God at work in him, available to him. Um, we're not just promised a trickle of power, but an incomparably great power. There's no power on earth or in heaven that can compare with the power of God at work in the Christian. 
Nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ. Not even death will be able to separate you from eternity with Christ. Nothing in all creation, not angels, nor demons, not death itself, because the power of Christ will bring you into an eternal inheritance. Don't you think that Paul would have us be a bit more confident about who we are as Christians? There is nothing in this world that can take away your eternal inheritance if you're a Christian and you're born again. Hallelujah. Be confident in what you've got, who you are in Christ. William Barclay wrote in his commentary, the days of the early church were days in which the church seethed and surged with power. Oh, for those days again. You know, those early Christians, they had no degrees from the best university. They'd not been on an MBA management program. They had no financial investment portfolios of fishing companies, did they? They were just simple, burly fishermen who spoke with a northern accent. Right? That was who they were. And yet God used them so powerfully. And the 120 on the day of Pentecost, waiting on the Spirit, took the gospel from Jerusalem to Samaria to the ends of the earth through the power of Christ. D.L. Moody, here he is, evangelist, famous evangelist. Um, you know, he wasn't always effective. Um, we, we only know him as the person who led thousands of people to Christ, but um, he had a bit of a wake-up call. Here's how it happened. After a service where D.L. Moody had preached, Two elderly ladies approached D.L. Moody and said, look, you are good, but you haven't got it. Now, bear in mind, D.L. Moody was an effective, well-respected minister at this time. They said, we've been praying for you. You need more power. And Moody wasn't too happy about this. He said, well, why? I thought I had power. Well, the ladies prayed for him and poured out their hearts that he might receive um, an anointing of the Holy Spirit. And for six months after that, he describes he had such a hunger and passion and thirst for more of the Spirit. And then as he was walking down Wall Street in New York one day, he had a visitation of the Holy Spirit and he was never the same again. His sermons were the same on paper. His doctrine didn't change, but there was an anointing on his ministry that meant that hundreds and thousands of people were saved by the same messages. That's the power of God, isn't it? Do we have the same hunger for more? Mark, bless him, and I said I'd reference him, at the uh, Monday morning prayer meeting, Mark shared a picture, and I wanted to share this with you, of um, glass blowing. I don't know if you've ever been watched glass blowing, um, when a glass blower is shaping glass, they, they have to get the glass up to an incredibly high temperature. Um, and then they blow with a blowpipe into the glass to make a bubble. And the more that they blow, the greater they can shape the, the bubble. And it begins to form into the shape that they want to get and expands under the heat and under the action of the blowing. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit will heat you up, if you're open to him, with a white-hot passion for Christ that will melt you and enable the wind of, his, of the Spirit to blow through you and to expand 
your effectiveness in ministry and service. But we need to ask the Holy Spirit to heat us up white hot and then to blow through us and to expand us just like that glass is being expanded, right? Let me pray. Would you stand, everyone, please? If you're able to. If you're not able to, that's fine. Just remain seated. I, I just want to pray that if you're, if you're open to receiving uh, a greater anointing and experience of the Holy Spirit this morning, I just want, do we believe that the Holy Spirit is here this morning? Yes. Are we hungry and thirsty for more of God? Oh, that's, that's good. Hallelujah. The incomparably great power of God who raised Jesus from the dead is here in this place. Do we have faith for that? If you, you might just want to put your hands out to say to Jesus, my ha- I come with empty hands to receive power. You might just want to do that. It's up to you. But if you're open to receive greater power, just come with that heart of expectancy and faith. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We want you to make Jesus real in our experience. We want you to give us a white hot passion and love for Jesus and for the Father. So, Holy Spirit, we're asking that you would come on us in power right now in Jesus' name and fill us afresh. Fill us with greater love that we might know the height, the width, the length, the depth of this love. And to know this love that we might be filled with the fullness of Christ. Oh, give us a white hot passion for you, Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you blow through us the wind of your presence, mold us, shape us and expand our effectiveness Fan into flame spiritual gifts in us. Expand our horizons, our reach for you. And our, the Lord, we pray for a greater anointing on us in, in mission and, and evangelism, in effectiveness for you. Holy Spirit, come. Just, you just might want to pray your own prayers, just welcoming the Holy Spirit into your own heart and life. Just pray for him to come and fill you afresh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Spirit of God. We welcome you here. Come, Spirit of God. Come, Spirit of God. Fill us afresh. You are welcome here. In Jesus' name. Come, Spirit of God. Come, Spirit of God. We need you. We need your power. Set our hearts on fire. Blow through us. Wind of God, blow through us, reviving, reviving our souls, refreshing us. Jesus. We're going to continue to worship as we sing, Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed. Make this, a, make this song a prayer for yourself. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed. Make this a prayer.
Hallelujah, Jesus. If, uh, if you'd like prayer in here, um, after the service, please just, uh, just remain and uh, just uh, maybe it's somebody next to you or, or there's a prayer team here. We'd love to pray with you to, be, to experience more of God's power and love in, in your life. Let me finish uh, with these words of Paul from Ephesians 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Go in the power of Christ.